0: Good afternoon, everyone. You're listening to WMBR 88.1 Boston Radio. This is the Break the Boxes stories. I'm Azmira, and we are here with Donisha, of Pay a Black Woman and organizer with the Movement for Black Lives Boston. As you know, the Break the Boxes show deep dives into discussions that matter about social justice and social change. And we're highlighting creatives, Black creatives, that are committing themselves to liberation, to imagination, to collaboration. So, welcome you to the conversation. Greetings, Donaysha. Do you want to maybe? So what I've done in the past is I love to introduce folks and to just talk a little bit about the work that you do. Um, And so I know that, one, you are calling in from Puerto Rico. um, So wise to escape the cold and the blizzard. Did you plan that? Did you know that this was going to (laughs) happen? And you were like, just like, I am ahead of I am one step ahead of the game y'all like I am not going to be here for this
1: uh, well I actually I came down for the election mm. um because I did not want to be a part of that mayhem I voted early and I was like out mm. um but I also didn't want to go too far because I'm also like I gotta be able to get back and whatever um so I came down for a week for the week of the election, which literally came back and then the, you know, the decision was made and then now it's been made 40 more times, Mm. but um, it was such a good idea just to like be out of the fray and the frenzy of it all and in the stress of that week. Mm -hmm. Um, And so my uh, lover and I (laughs) decided to come back Mm. for a month, um, just, you know, to escape winter, to get some vitamin D, even like, you know, with COVID and everything, It's like, we need vitamin D, we need air, we need sunshine. And those things are not really possible in Boston right now for me. Um, And especially living by myself, I was just like, okay, like the isolation is doing a number. (gasps) Um, Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so came down here. Their their COVID restrictions are actually really tight. It's more, I feel is everywhere at cbs the grocery store hand mm. sanitizer someone's there spraying you up oh, wow. um their governor is a little wacky she's a little trump-like she's uh, a lame duck and so she's kind of throwing out these arbitrary rules and regulations which most people that we talk to are like she's like you know <laughs> it's, it's yeah. but um I say,
0: so what I are some of
1: those-, those oh go ahead well, for example, everything is closed on Sunday. On Sunday, you can only buy food and like soap. So we went to Walgreens, but we couldn't buy nail polish remover. But we could buy other things in the same store. Mm-hmm. And but and because things are closed on Sunday, on Saturday everything is packed. So we tried to go to Walmart, and it was it was absolute it was like a Black Friday, like it was mayhem, like every single line was down the aisles like people moving the parts in between clothes to be in line we did we walked in and we walked out and luckily we're we're remote so we can go during the week mm-hmm. um but it, that part sucks that like and it's the, but it's the same thing on the mainland like people are trying to you know make these restrictions but they don't always make sense. <laughs> they don't. It's like, okay, well, if you close everything down on Sunday, then everyone's trying to get their stuff done on Saturday. So there's way more people inside at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the beach is foolish. <laughs> the beaches are closed or not closed. You can be on the beach, but you have to be exercising. You have to be walking. The official government declaration says that you can swim. But we run into lifeguards and police officers who have said that you can swim for two minutes from one point to another point. Then you have to get out of the water and go back in. You can't just be in the. I'm like, it is the whole ocean. That yeah. if we could distance anywhere, it would be at the beach. Oh, but, and there, it, it, it's it's wild and it's embarrassing because and it, you you realize you know like these governments like they're They're not smart, <laughs> like the same thing yeah. you know Michelle Obama said it's like you get in these rooms with people mm-hmm. and you realize like it's not based on mm-hmm. having any type of superior intelligence it's just right. based on them having these positions, mm-hmm. so they get to make the rules and then unfortunately, working class people the police here I think make twelve dollars an hour mm-hmm. have to stay out of their mouths, stupidity, and it's just. <laughs> I feel sorry that you have to try to enforce this foolish rule mm-hmm. because also once you leave we're going back
0: in the water like what are you talking about so right and yeah. like, like so. the, the rule with, with the grocery store it's like you're doing this to try to de-densify but then you, you're not thinking about the fact that the next day, uh, hey, right. you're actually increasing how much folks are gonna be in there because, because you're not letting folks buy certain things. Exactly. I need my nail polish. I'm gonna come back and get my mm-hmm. nail polish.
1: <laughs> we were, the lifeguard came up and, and said, first of all, he's blowing a whistle, and it's like, I'm not drowning, so I'm assuming that's not for me. And they're like really going at it, and I'm like, okay, okay, es el problema. And he's like, Do you wanna get arrested? And I'm like, hold up. Why are you talking to me like that? Like, what, first of all, I am you to bring it down and explain to me what the problem is. Like, Mm -hmm. also, if y'all start arresting tourists, like, girl, what mountain? Okay. Where's your money come from? I don't know how that's going to work for you. (laughs) (laughs) But also, and then, but then he came back around. Like, he gave us the like talking to, and you can't have anything on the beach. Like, you can't have a towel, chair. Cool or nothing so we had to put all our stuff away then he goes away drives back and is like oh but if you want to if you go around there that's past my jurisdiction and you can do whatever you want or this way too and also we're only here on monday and tuesday (laughs) so it's like a bunch of like huff and puff but they're also human beings who live here and also hate this lady so they're like okay but also like this
0: right they're like,
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> like so, gonna send so you why out. did you have to whole oh, you want to get arrested yeah for that.
0: so That's hilarious we have to
1: get rid of the cop inside
0: of all of us <laughs> Come on, and that I mean, take us to Audre Lorde then, Sister Outsider, where she talks about that. You know, the 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 oppressor that lives within each of us. Like that that is our work of un, undoing and unconditioning, like deconditioning ourselves from those ways. And I feel like you just you're such a, a, a prime example. It's like this cop is a human being, and they also don't like the woman who's making these arbitrary rules that really making their life kind of more difficult if you think about it. Because he sounds like he don't want to be out here policing you to be two minutes in the in the ocean, and then you know you. Can't swim up to this buoy but if you pass then he don't got to worry about it because then it's like are you really concerned about my and my livelihood and my safety no you're just concerned about making sure that you don't get you know reprimanded for not covering your you know and so it's interesting how that works like when it comes to enforcement like yeah (laughs) and power right because you're commenting on a power dynamic Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) you know and that's really what it is and unfortunately people go along and follow rules and people feel like their livelihood depends on that. And so, and, and of course, in my mind, I'm like, no one is here watching you like that. You don't gotta, you could walk your beat and mind your business, right? but
0: people right. don't. <laughs> so. And I feel like that ties in directly to what we, you know, I mean, that you're touching on the root of what it means to be, to, to be human and to be navigating uh, a state that is, whether it's militarized or policed, I mean, every country has their own form of enforcement. But that work that mm-hmm. we've seen in this past year, I mean, we're here on December, what, today is December, um, is it the 16th? Uh, 18th. It? Woo! It's going. Woo, it, yeah. wow. <laughs> Made it almost to the end. We are almost, we are almost at the end of 2020. And we, during the summer, saw policing militar, militarization within the US on a completely new scale. I mean, it's not unlike, you know, what we've seen in history, but for our year, the year that we've had, this has mm-hmm. been this has been really unprecedented. And yeah. you know, your work that you've constantly been committed to that that's just who you are is a, a community organizer mm-hmm. and someone who's committed to making sure that our lives are dignified in any space that we enter, that we belong and that we, and that we can occupy that space in whatever way we feel, right? The first thing you said was, um, excuse me, officer, do you know that you're a human, I'm a human being and you're a human being, why are you asking me if I wanna get arrested? Like yeah. <laughs> something as small as that, it's like what made you think this was okay and what attitudes are present in our culture to make you think that you can just go ahead and talk to me sideways? Exactly. And and so I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about because you you are just this fabulous human. You created uh you know a project a, a company called Pay a Black Woman after organizing l- largely the movement for Black Lives here in Boston and just being a part of that constellation. And you know I have I was privileged to be a part to see to to witness to participate, you know, and see how you're bringing in all these different pieces in our community, whether it's Sisters of Calabash who are coming to cleanse the space and clear and heal, mm-hmm. or you know, calling on Reverend Carly Griffith Sekou, who we're gonna have on here soon, <laughs> or you know, or doing work with folks who are here at Harvard and just beginning to 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 pull these pieces together such that we might be unified, dignified, and 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 be able to be valued. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit more about what brings you to your work because um, in mm-hmm. many ways you are breaking boxes you've been breaking boxes and I'm like what 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 brings you to your work? <laughs>
1: Word, yeah. Well, I just always I just always been that girl, but I've always been the one to say something to say how I felt right or wrong to stick up for the underdog so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but even years of activism, like years of uh, doing peer support, doing sexual health education and stuff like that. I was broke, like, I mean, I still am. Um, but part of, I actually left Boston and, and left, um, had left movement work a while, you know, in, an, in like a full time sense because I couldn't afford to live. Mm-hmm. Like I literally couldn't afford to live at all. Um, And so coming back to it and especially this year with just exactly like you said, like we're seeing the greater the the revolution, the greater the repression, and they're coming at us hard. Mm. And I had to reckon with the fact of if I'm going back in full time, you know, just bringing my whole self to this work, I can't, my whole life can't fall apart again. I've (laughs) like gotten it together. I've done some for-profit work and like gotten stable. I live by myself. And if I go back into what I was doing before, I will lose all of it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and so that's really where pay a black woman came in to to really reckon with like even under, you know, understanding that capitalism is an oppressive structure, it is the structure that we live under. Right. Right. And so we can live under it or we can die. Like for me, that's that's really where what it comes down to. And so being able to to enter that from which you know lots of people do but for me like to enter that from an activist lens and from a a critical of capitalism lens Mm -hmm. but to say we want to you know champion especially black women when the you know the election goes the way that black women decided it would go Mm -hmm. um but those black women also need to be paid (laughs) to live to rest to take care of their families to go on vacation, mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. to
1: lie down, <laughs> to do nothing. Mm-hmm. Like we really need to think about like, not only the, the present day work that people are doing, but also the hi- historical sense of our people that mm-hmm. we literally have been stolen, trafficked, mm-hmm. abused,
2: mm-hmm.
1: held captive mm-hmm. and forced into labor for mm-hmm. hundreds of years. So if I don't ever do another thing for anyone else, my debt is paid to society. <laughs> and so really coming from that sense that not, I didn't want it to be donate to a Black woman. I didn't want it to be give to a Black woman, although all of those things are important and relevant. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be pay a Black woman, mm-hmm. whether she never does
0: anything else again. Mm, wow. Wow. It's so powerful. It's so powerful because I can't help but think about, again, this we think about labor as like the material labor, right? We know historically our ancestors were asked to be in the cotton fields and, you know, sugar mining and and across the diaspora, right? There's just there's been this physical labor and these physical assaults. But when I think about black women and the emotional labor and the intangible, right, the psychological labor, the spiritual labor, th- that those things that are always present when you say pay a Black woman if she doesn't do anything again. You said your debt has been paid. And I think that sometimes people have difficulty. I mean, of course, if we're talking about, um, uh, you know, non-POC, for example, when we think about the amount of benefits, like the way capitalism benefits, we know that it doesn't benefit us and that we have to learn a language to be able to survive within it. And so the way that you just, I appreciate the way you just said, you know, if for me, it's live under this structure or die. And it's not saying that, like, I, I, I I'm not trying to actively legitimize this structure, but I have to, I have to learn it so that it, it is not being used against mm-hmm. me. And that's something that Ashley, you know, at Blackyard is always talking about and names in terms of like, if you're not using your power, then someone is using it against you. And I know Lean will join us in a minute. Um, I know her uh, in Lebanon, she's in Lebanon right now doing work with those who have been displaced post explosion. And um, there the electricity goes out every three hours, just like in Palestine, you know, when I was there, it, it would go out sometimes every, you know, every two hours for 20 minutes, you're at the shawarma shop and then you're, you know, the electricity just goes out, so um, we hopefully will have her back. But that's another just reality of living, you know, in a different country and right. in, in, in space where, um, yeah, resources are are not um, are not uh, sufficient. Um, but but I I really I'm really um, struck by your commitment to saying, hey, we need to get paid we know that white mediocre men are getting yes. paid to do what to breathe to exactly breathe, to show up exactly. to a exactly. committee meeting and be mediocre Exactly and we're offering up we have so many different ideas we breathe mm-hmm. and birth new worlds and we're getting paid what like 33 33 cents on the dollar mm-hmm. The fuck, like <laughs> right literally and especially
1: in movement space and that's that's why i wanted to to really pursue this, and again, like I'm, I'm still building it out and and figuring out how to, um, you know, talk about this and how to bring people into this fold. But we have this idea in in movement spaces that once your work is paid, it's delegitimized. Once you have a position, then now you're not for the people. Woo! Once you have, you know, get to a certain level, then now, well, okay, you're with the man, and it's like. But what if i want nice things though <laughs> like is that a problem like mm-hmm. that dude, what if i want to smell good and feel good and what if i want to you know deal with the arthritis in my knee and whatever like you know so how like how can we not because that was again part of my big issue was that i felt like i had to be struggling and starving and you know scraping together and i did thank goodness mm-hmm. but that that was people viewed that as good Mm-hmm. And especially even people on my team, I was always the only one who never had a job, yeah. Like other people had jobs and also mm-hmm. an activism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But God forbid I get a certain grant or I take a certain cut, mm-hmm. then it's, oh, well, now you're doing it for money. Like, no, I'm, I'm doing it to live and, and I need money to live. And so that, those are not the same thing. Um, you can, you know what I mean? You can get paid for work. And that doesn't mean that you're only doing for money. And again, just like we said, we know, and especially in movement spaces, we know that the people who get paid the most do the least mm-hmm. and do the most harm, honestly. So, harm. Mm-hmm. but we still support corporations. We still, you know what I mean? Do go about our, our right. daily business shopping. Gotcha. But when it comes to our local activists, mm-hmm. we, they have to do a GoFundMe every five seconds. They have to, you know, scrape and hand around the, the mm-hmm. basket As opposed to us saying, this is the work that our community validates and legitimizes, and we will pay you
0: for it. 1,000%, the martyr complex, right? It's tough. Ooh, ooh. I, I'm I'm with you. I'm like I, I saw it just just free exactly. But but yeah, that martyr complex that I gotta be I gotta be out here struggling physically and visibly in order to be seen as legitimately for the people by the people. And I think and I really love I appreciate exactly. you touching on that because it pushes us, it pushes me to think, what so for me as someone who's who grew up on free and reduced lunch in public school settings, you know, raised by a single mother. But navigated the system by going to being able. The only reason I was able to go to a predominantly white institution, the University of Southern California, or even make it to a Harvard, was because of the freedom dreams that Stan Salat and other folks in 1964 were dreaming up post-civil rights movement. The Higher Education Act, Helene. I, I know the, the 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 you know the the Wi-Fi, not the Wi-Fi, but the electricity. We were talking about how the electricity in Lebanon is just not as stable um so thank you yeah. but we were just but but just to your point real quick donisha and then i'll pass the mic is it's like how can we um ensure that we understand people are, are are resisting in the ways that they can and also deserve to thrive, right? Maya Angelou says, I don't want to just survive. I want to thrive. I want to live life with some compassion, joy, move in this space in all of my fullness. And so I was just reflecting on, yeah, that's something that I've, I've felt too, like knowing where I come from. I don't come from a lot. I come from a particular, you know, if it wasn't for government funded trio programs that went into underserved, under-resourced, low-income communities, like my own then i would not have been college ready and i wouldn't have had access to even think about right i'm the first person in my family to go to college to a four-year university Mm -hmm. that means something but then how do we how do we um continue to see ourselves in our fullness that we can we can navigate and do that delicate dance i think that's something that at least with for me breaking the boxes i'm like okay this is going to be your one attempt at (laughs) keeping yourself centered and like community drives this work, but you just hit on something so big, right? You you didn't have, why is it that when you're struggling the most, then you're seen as the most down for the cause? Can you can you thrive and still be deeply down for the cause? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and who, who do we know in our, who are some yeah. people that are doing that? And the- I, I think they're... they're- Go ahead. I was just gonna say, I think there is,
1: there is a legitimate concern for, you know, sellouts, there is, you know, a legitimate concern for people who flip the script, but when you celebrate John Lewis, who spent all these years in government, but came from this activist background, like you can't delegitimize his work, right? And so why when people are reaching for, for doing the work in different sectors, do we then delegitimize them? Mm-hmm. Um, when we have these you know heroes and ancestors that we lift up um mm-hmm. yeah it's it's tough it's a, it's a hard thing when you're in
0: it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Did, you name, mm-hmm. did you name did you just name frederick douglas because it went out but i, I want to know if it was frederick no. douglas sorry i named john lewis john lewis okay yes yes john yes. lewis right absolutely right exactly it's interesting yeah and even martin Luther king and malcolm X. I say to people all the time i'm like they were not
1: worried about their kids eating they were not worried about their wife's hair getting done come on they were not worried you know what i mean and the, and, and community did that like that was and a lot of black women did that and made sure were taken care of and made sure they had what they needed but again like we, we celebrate these leaders and want to you know deify them almost without realizing that took money (laughs) it took money and it took support and it took recognizing that if we want this person to be on the front line their family has to be stable
0: it has to be sustainable it has to be sustainable so that your mind body spirit can be nourished to fully go and to combat to have the language you need to have the heart the sound the willpower you need because domination is committed to crushing your spirit first and if I can make sure yeah, that yeah. you're insecure, your housing insecure, your job insecure, your your you know your health insecure, then your spirit you you're just gonna be here desperate, just wanting to get get a meal. Exactly. You know, don't got time. You're just, you're too distracted to just try to get your basic needs met to to really see and care and and critique what's what's happening large you know as a structure. Whew. I wonder if there is. I wonder, Danisha, for you, who are some women that you look to? Who are some role models or folks within the movement? I think in a lot of like Alicia Garza and, and folks that, you know, that created the movement for Black Lives. And it's, I think part of what I get so inspired by is that they've done so in a way to create a level of sustainability to ensure that they are protected in what their material needs are. And I'm curious for you, who are some people that, that you look to or that you think model that well, um, actively breaking those boxes.
1: Yeah, I, I do, I, do think the, the cool I think about the oh, co-founders. I think about even, um, I remember there was a point several years ago where Patrice had moved into a gated community um, where that was the rumor that I don't live in California, so I don't actually know where she moved to, but that was the rumor in the movement of like, oh, well now she's in this, da, 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 da. da. And I was like, she has a child. She gets death threats every minute of the day. I want her to be behind the gate. Yes. I personally want her to and her child to be behind the gate. Yes. And that I don't feel no way about that. I don't care how much it costs. Her safety is more important than that, mm-hmm. right? And so, like, not like it's just again, like us when we truly devalue the the trappings of capitalism, we can see the for what it is, that that is a move about safety. And if she has a pool and a tennis court or whatever, then great. You mentioned Carleen, like, she is someone I look up to so much and who also drives this for me when, mm-hmm. you know, whenever we do anything together, she's always thinking about how can we get fed? How can we get paid? How yeah. can we make sure this is sustainable? because otherwise we are we could do it one <laughs> but we can't do it again if, if we don't make sure that we we can actually That's you know right. sustain it in our in our everyday lives and she's someone that i feel like exemplifies that so much as a single mother who is making things happen and making a way out of no way uh-huh. while being a phd program while being on the front lines of movement work while being someone who grounds us spiritually mm-hmm. and who loves so deeply and has these incredible connections and she looks good and she smells good and her house is nice oh her house is so nice and you know and it's like and she has a nice car and it's like i want all
0: of that for her as well yes wow i oh yeah i thank you for for lifting up I feel like Carlene is someone who we have a shared experience, right? With like Carleen is someone who actually mm-hmm. introduced us. I know you through Carleen going to Carlene's yes. home and then, you know, there you are. And we're there, you know, sharing a meal or just imagining or we're out here in front right, of Right. With some
1: oxtail. That's right. And... <laughs> Always got her oxtail. Carlene introduced <laughs> me to oxtail. And I'm like, I
0: want me some oxtail. Thank you. <laughs> honestly, honestly, to see someone navigate just it, navigate all of those roles and hats—mother, organizer, spiritual counselor—you know, daughter—having the three generations in her home, yes. you know, having her home clean, and then welcoming folks in, you know, in and out—you know, making space and room for community—is um, is is so powerful to see that image, to know that that exists, and that that is something that we can we can aspire to we can be a part of we can we can be connected with it 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 brings comfort to me just to think of to think of th- of that and to yeah. think of her um in that way and and so we are grateful i'm i'm speaking into existence we're going to have a chance to sit down with her and to 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 talk more about the the root of her work and i know that Donisha you are in the beginning of next year um, because I want to talk about some intention setting and I know that you are going to be starting school you know at Harvard and doing your thing Um, and I just I would love for you to one just shout out to anyone who's listening who thinks that there is not a way for them to make their dreams become a reality because I feel like you are actively doing that like you are actively saying you know what no to no to not being paid, no to not being valued, no to not being treated the way that I deserve to be treated because it's my God-given right. And so many young girls need to know and to hear that, whether you're being mistreated at home, whether it is in a relationship, in school, you can say no and you deserve to. So yeah, go ahead. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And
1: one of the things that that someone said to me years ago that I repeat all the time is that, I deserve everything I want, even if I never get it. Mm. I deserve the treatment that I want, even if I never get it. I deserve the relationships I want, even if I never get them. Like just knowing that like you have an intrinsic value and you decide that for yourself mm. and that's the standard and whether people meet it or they don't, it doesn't change. Mm. Um, and so, with going back to school, it has also been a struggle. I actually just um submitted my transcripts um from my previous attempts at school, and mm-hmm. I only got one of them. I was only able to work It's terrible. it's really bad mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but I'm like at this point, I feel ready. I feel I was working so much, and i and i also i also had that internal sense of like the work that I'm doing in community is more important than this institution.
2: Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm.
1: And, and not having the sense of like, this, you know, silly piece of paper is going to help me do this other work that I need to do anyway, right? Um, and so the, the past eight, um, almost eight years of not being in school, there's also, again, in movement been this like, well, people who have degrees and this and that are again, like the elite. Like, we also, we have to remove that sense of, mm-hmm. of putting an undue value on proximity to whiteness and understanding it for what it is. Like I said, with the gated community, that is a safety piece. That is not about being, pri- I'm sure <laughs> those women do not want to live close to white folks, just and like I'm, I do. Right. I'm uh, sure they wish they that they had a the whole back. black community. great, let's build that. Right, yes. Um, but, like, people saying over and over and assuming that I have a degree. People assume that I have a degree all up and down. I do not. Um, but I think I also internalized the sense of, like, that was kind of the last, like, pre-cred kind of thing that I had of, like, well, I'm not, I'm a dropout. So mm-hmm. I am with the people. So I am, you know, not of this mm-hmm. elite ever when mm-hmm. we have to just undo that, just that framing. Mm-hmm. I just saw um, there was a a student who, a black kid who went to a white pub, a white private school his whole life, I think he's 14. Mm-hmm. His mother um, critiqued the school for the books that they were reading. Um, I can't remember the book that it is right now at the top of my head, mm-hmm. but they expelled him. And mm-hmm. the mother said, even in her description, she said, I didn't think that this, this book was appropriate for these elite wealthy white kids to be reading out loud. And it's like, we also have to remove the idea that they are. elite. (laughs) That is not what elite should mean to us. Like elite should mean, you know what I mean? Like the, the, that, that people, the people who have those connections, the people who support each other in community, not the institutions. Hmm. If that makes sense. So Hmm. for me going, going to Harvard by Mm -hmm. the skin of my teeth, Mm -hmm. um, is something that I dreamed of as a little kid. Like, literally, like, I I was, again, always the talker, always the, like, you know, people told me I was going to be a lawyer because I always wanted to argue about something. And it's like, that's okay for me to want that. It's okay for me to want to go to this institution that I grew up down the street from, that I know brilliant people who go and have gone there, Mm -hmm. and, again, who understand it for what it is, who understand it for... The, the connections that are possible for the access that's possible to even our own history. Unfortunately, a lot of these institutions hold our stuff. And so we have to access it in that way too. Mm-hmm. So um, so yeah, it's been a big, a huge step for me. Um, unfortunately, as, as I'm taking the step forward, being on unemployment that has just gotten cut, mm-hmm. I'm like now, okay, how do I take this step forward? thinking that i had another six months to breathe Mm -hmm. that i don't Mm -hmm. um but again trusting that community that my people Mm -hmm. will support me and will make it make it possible
2: yeah for me to continue so yeah Yeah. congratulations that's exciting though but yeah i think like you know people always want to put us in these boxes you know like Right, like if you, you know, go to Harvard, like, okay, you're not street, like, you're square, like, right. if you, you're not elite, and I, you know, but that's, I feel like even within our own communities, like you're just sh- shunning people out instead of like, mm-hmm. you know, being, if you go to these institutions, like, take advantage of it, you know, and like, put it back. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they owe us so right. much, I feel like. Right.
0: And, and that, that part. Oh, that part. Yeah, they owe us so much. They owe us so, so much. And that to me is making me think of what Asha, Asha Upchurch was talking about, different currencies. And Asha's a brilliant black woman who's teaching hip hop pedagogy here at Harvard, right? Like saying there are different kinds of currencies. I'm not gonna, rob, I'm not gonna uh, eliminate, my, eliminate myself from the currency of St. Louis where she grew up. Um, and I'm not gonna come, I, I'm gonna understand I come to Harvard, there's a particular currency there. But I am who I am, because of where I come from, and so Harvard, you're welcome, like I think constantly I'm like, you're welcome, the brightness that is that is moving through here of black women <laughs> you're welcome because we're in your classes, and now y'all y'all are talking about slavery and injustice as if it's an abstraction or you're talking about you know. People being imprisoned, and, and you're talking about all these things as abstractions. But I got people who I know and love who have been in, who have come out. Who I like, this is not f- removed from me. And mm-hmm. so you're welcome if you get to see me process in a mm-hmm. way, because then maybe it can give you access to your humanity in a different way that you never had prior. So you know, this goes into larger qu- uh, questions around like folks that are talking about affirmative action, and you know, you only got here because X, Y, Z. It's like you're welcome, like. Mm-hmm whiteness okay let me start no
1: exactly I think that I'm grateful that that I am doing this now and that I did drop out earlier because I think I didn't have that sense of I thought like you know oh I'm going to this institution and they're gonna bestow this on me Mm -hmm. and whatever and I feel like now I do feel like that I do feel like Harvard you're welcome Mm -hmm. for me even gracing you that's right with my (laughs) presence like you're very welcome I hope you appreciate
0: it because if you don't you will get told about yourself. And let me tell you it, it likely it, it likely may not in my experience. But the people it's That's like it, there's nothing uh, there's nothing that can replace the people because there are good people within these spaces and there yes. are people who want to do right. The mm-hmm. system itself I mean it has been set up for our demise. So our resistance in this the people the hearts that I'm like, that is where life and hope lies. And, and just for you to know, too. Yeah, like, there is nothing outside of me that Harvard can give me that any other title status apparatus can give me that I don't already have inside. Mm-hmm. and it, it's, it's our job to, to untap and to, to say yes. And to say, we, we will, we will bring ourselves fully to this space. Dr. West calls it parhesia, the surrender, offer up yourself, all of yourself to, a, to to, a thing and trust that, you know, the orishas, God, the higher ancestors, the spirits, you know me, I be getting spiritual out here with the chaplaincy work, but that it it will come back and it always comes back. Um, inshallah. so, wow, I am going, <laughs> you just took us a lot of different places. <laughs> um, and I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. Um, it's wild that we're, we're I believe it. I believe it. Lena, I'm gonna pass the mic to you. If there's anything that you are hearing or that's coming up for you in this conversation that you want to ask Don Aisha.
2: One of the questions I guess I wanted to ask you was I was reading and, you know, I was doing my little research on you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, one of the things I found interesting was that your interviewer was talking about how, you know, you identify as a gay black woman um, and how like fighting for one does not mean, you know, neglecting the other. Um, and I would just love to hear you talk more about that because I know a lot of the people I talk to or like a lot of activists that I talk to, you know, sometimes I feel like run into that issue where they feel like, you know, like I, I, I come into all these different identities, but like, how do I make sure that I'm fighting for all of them? Cause it is all the same battle at the end of the day, but you know, they're different communities and spaces. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think um, like I think the, the quote was "I am gay and black all the time,"
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> um, and so yeah, I don't, I never, I I came out very young, um, and always, again, like I, I was always just like, "Take it or leave it, right or wrong, this is where I'm at," um, and so I'm, I'm glad for that inside of me, and I'm glad for the, the, uh, you know, the caring adults that I was able to find and. and To support me -hmm. um but I never viewed it as I the same way that it's absurd that people are racist it was absurd to me that people were homophobic like I I grew up um indoctrinated into a homophobic Christianity Mm -hmm. but luckily for me in like middle school very early I started I was really into science and biology and like I was like, oh well, a lot of these things don't really fit with like these stories, mm-hmm. and so I shed that that like that sense of like, well, God says it's wrong before I self-identify. So I was lucky to not go through that kind of like identity crisis of how do I fit this with mm-hmm. this. Um, so, and from there, I was just like, well, if you don't like it, then I don't know what to tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in my movement work. It's always just been part of what I talk about, the communities that I'm a part of. Um, and I think that's part of how I've been so successful in a sense of people seeing me being authentic and being a part of multiple communities and, and not ever marginalizing one for the other. Mm-hmm. And just always saying, like, we're in this together. And if we don't fight for every Black life, then we're never going to make it nowhere. Um, you know, I don't think that our ancestors were running off the plantation saying, "No, not the gay one, though." Like, you know, it, like if you down, we run and we run it. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, again, like I, I just think it's absurd that we hold any of these, you know, isms. And so, so that's what I, that's what I bring with me all the time that we have to recognize the, the baselessness of it, mm-hmm. and you know, there is no. There no explanation there's no rationalization.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We have to eradicate it
0: mm-hmm. and this brings me to the march that that was organized um, I remember may twenty fifth was my birthday and it was the day that George floyd passed you know was murdered um, and I believe it must have been. May 28th. there might have been like June, like the beginning of June. The was there, 31st. The was it 31st.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, when when we, it, it was in, yeah, it was a March that, I, I don't know how many people were there. I don't know if y'all have a number, but it was in the like, it felt like over 10,000 people had shown yes. up. Yes. And I remember Carlene texting and just being like, hey, where are you like, you know, you know, she wanted me to come me and Rami at the time we, we were there together to come up and to, to, to be with with y'all. But I remember um, seeing from the side, I was like, I had to go to the bathroom. I went to the Starbucks and then I came back out. And I remember seeing um, you, uh, you know, on the on the we call it a ch- trilia. Um, it's on the boat. Not, the, I can't talk right now. You were on the, the truck yeah you we're leading us we are entering into um the main boston like where the freedom trail is um mm-hmm. and you were you were just speaking with such you were speaking as if you were speaking inside your room to your 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 younger brother or sister you were speaking so much truth and with so much conviction and power but fearless like this is this this is like the height of a lot of like neo-nazism and vice like all this wild rampant rage and bigotry and you were up there and I felt like wow Danisha is just speaking she is just speaking her her heart mind body and soul in ways that a lot of people will go through this life wondering if they can bring their authentic self Self, you know, to the spaces that they occupy, and for me, as someone who was just like, I'm holding these different hats with these within within these spaces that I'm I am blessed to say, okay, I have a job and I have an income and this is what I need to to to, to have to live. But I'm wondering for you where you feel like your your conviction came from. Um, we know that public speaking is one of the things that people are most afraid of people aren't afraid of they're more afraid of public speaking than getting bit by a snake says research <laughs> you know and so for me I'm wondering if you can talk take me through a little bit of and this might be as we land the plane and we come on home um, where for you your home like that home that that voice is cultivated and 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 if you want to reflect on what that meant for you in that organizing space because you've been organizing but that was I think one of the largest ones that I've that I've been a part of and seen um, since you know again this 2020 buffoonery has taken place yeah yeah
1: I think that was actually was that the say her name protest say her name yes I believe it was I think yeah that one because that's when we were on the truck yeah that was that was a little bit later after May but um so uh, it's actually my sixth grade English teacher told me um, my mother died when I was three years old and I used to write a lot a lot of poetry like a lot and and it's funny because people look back on their poetry when they were a kid and they're like what was that and I look I'm like I wrote some amazing stuff like not even being like I really wrote some really good stuff like as a child Mm -hmm. and my I remember my sixth grade English teacher told me like that's your mother gave you that like Mm. you're like that that piece of your story like is so clear in your voice Mm. and so I am forever grateful to her um Mm. and and also uh, you know hearing stories of like my mother was the one who she was the big cousin and so she was fighting boys like she was like you mess with my cousin da, 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 da. um okay. and so and and a lot of the other women in my family are not that way mm-hmm. um and are, are much more meek and and non-combative mm-hmm. um and so i absolutely am grateful to her for, for instilling that spirit in me mm-hmm. um and then for also just for me growing up with without a mother i think Made me sort of mother myself, if that makes sense, and have to to do that advocacy um, for um, for myself, and to find the the people and the places that I needed to be in, and the people I needed to be with for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to be loud about it, like I had to, you know, be vocal and had to be um, aggressive to to find that and to find my place and to to make it through. Hmm. So I think that that, that um, it's really, yeah, I feel really grateful to my mother um, mm-hmm. and for her spirit that lives in me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And
0: yeah. her spirit rest and it's soaring and it's it's right there alongside you because i can see it and feel it and hear it and i'm like ah okay mother energy is just surrounding you um in that way and 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 thank you so much for sharing because that's so special that's ooh so 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 special i am i'm so grateful for this conversation and it's hard to believe that we are already at the hour <laughs> um so i thank you and i'm so glad that i didn't
1: let imposter syndrome tell me that i didn't have enough to bring to this conversation and and just loving your spirit and 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 accepting your invitation so thank you
0: absolutely absolutely and i am i am i am so grateful that you accepted the invitation and i know we talked about imposter syndrome in the beginning and that's something i have felt when i first got here i felt like someone's going to find out that i don't belong and i and you know and just having that constantly in our mind i in this moment i relinquish it i let it go because you have brought more than you know than we could even ask or imagine and again our lived experiences will always be First and foremost, what's most important over any, you know, secondary intellectualized academic knowledge, it's the lived experience that gives academia something to write about, (laughs) you know, so um, we're, I'm just so grateful and excited for your journey in 2021 that Harvard gets to be blessed by you in some way, shape, or form. I'm maybe to hitting you up. I'm going to need that. <laughs> you know where I'm at. You know exactly where I'm at. <laughs> I'll make you some, you know, some quesadillas and, you know, we'll do our thing.
2: <laughs> Thank you for listening again to WMBR 88.1 FM. You're listening to Break the Boxes. Levine. I'm Azmira. And we were grateful to have Danisha on as our guest. Um, we'll see you.
1: The infatuated undertow, born inside the curved straight line. Crack keys somehow finding the beautiful black. White noise and of space hands. It's difficult to explain ourselves. I see you. I hear you. Speaking in the language of angels. The luxury of the double tongue. Magic water people. A memory. A turn of your head.